Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to G Time. How are you all doing? Yay, everybody's doing good. And I bet you're ready for story. Yeah, so am I. All right, I want to get everybody get comfortable and get ready. Get all snuggly. Are you guys ready? All right. While you're getting ready, I'm going to tell you what our story is today. Today, we are going to be reading an Anderson's fairy tale. It's translated from the Danish by Jean Hersholt and illustrated by Fritz Kreidel. And the story is called The Swineherd. Hmm. Wonder what that means. Swineherd. We'll have to read this story and figure out what that all is about, huh? Okay. You guys are all ready, aren't you? All right. Let's begin our story. Once there was a poor prince. He had a kingdom. It was very tiny. Still, it was large enough to marry upon, and on marriage his heart was set. Now, it was certainly rather bold of him to say, "Will you have me to the emperor's own daughter?" But he did, for his name was famous and far and near there were hundreds of princesses who would have had said yes and thank you too but what did the emperor da- emperor's daughter say well we'll soon find out a rose tree grew over the grave of the prince's father it was such a beautiful tree it bloomed only once in 5 long years and then it bore but a single flower Oh, that was a rose indeed. The fragrance of it would make a man forget all his sorrows and cares. The prince had a nightingale too. It sang as if all the sweet songs of the world were in its little throat. The nightingale and the rose were to be gifts to the princess. So they were sent to her in two large silver cases. The emperor ordered the cases carried before him to the great hall where the princess was playing at visitors with her maids in waiting. They seldom did anything else. As soon as the princess saw the large cases contained presents, she clapped her hands in glee. "Oh," she said, "I do hope I get a little pussycat." She opened a casket, and there was the splendid rose. Oh, how pretty it is," said all the maids in waiting. "It is more than pretty," said the emperor. "It's superb." But the princess poked at it with her finger, and she almost started to cry. "Oh, fie, papa," she said. "It isn't artificial. It is natural." "Oh, fie," said all the maids in waiting. "It's only natural." "Well," said the emperor. Before we fret and pout, let's see what's in the other case. He opened it, and out came the nightingale, which sang so sweetly that for a little while no one could think of a single thing to say against it. Superb, shaman," said the maids in waiting, with their smattering of French, each one speaking it worse than the next. How the bird does remind me of our lamented empress's music box," said one old courtier. "It has just the same tone, 
in the very same way of trilling. The emperor wept like a child. Ah, me, he said. Bird, said the princess. You mean to say it's real? A live bird, the man who had brought it in assured her. Then let it fly and be gone, said the princess, who refused to hear a word about the prince, much less see him. But it was not so easy to, to discourage him. He darkened his face with brown and black and pulled his hat down over his eyes and knocked at the door. Hello, Emperor, he said. How do you do? Can you give me some work about the palace? Well, the Emperor said, people are always looking for jobs. Mm, let me see. I do need somebody to tend the pigs because we've got so many of them. So the prince was a poor appointed imperial pig tender. He was given a wretched little room down by the pigsties, and there he had to live. All day long he sat and worked, as busy as could be, and by evening he had made a neat little kettle with bells all around the brim of it. When the kettle boiled, the bells would tinkle and play the old tune, Oh dear Augustine, all is lost, all is lost. Lost, lost. But that was the least of it. If anyone put his finger in the steam from this kettle, he could immediately smell whatever there was for dinner in any cooking pot in town. No rose was ever like this. Now the princess happened to be passing by with all of her maids in waiting. When she heard the tune, she stopped and looked pleased, for she knew how to play Oh Dear Augustine. It was the only tune she did know, and she played it with one finger. Why, that's the very same tune I play. Isn't the swineherd highly accomplished? I say, she ordered, go and ask him the price of the instrument. So one of the maids had to go in among the pigsties, but she put on her overshoes first. What will it take for the kettle, she asked. It'll take ten kisses from the princess, said the swineherd. Ooh, for goodness sake, said the maid. And I won't take less, said the swineherd. Well, what does he say? The princess wanted to know. I can't tell you, said the maid. He's too horrible. Then whispered in my ear, she listened to what the maid had to whisper. Ooh, isn't he naughty, said the princess and walked right away from there. But she had not gone very far when she heard the pretty bells play again. Oh, dear Augustine, all is lost, lost, lost. I say, the princess ordered, Ask him if he will take ten kisses from my maids in waiting. No, I thank you, said the swineherd. Ten kisses from the princess, or I keep my kettle. Now, isn't that disgusting, said the princess. At least stand around me so that no one can see. So her maids stood around her, spread their skirts wide, while the swineherd took his ten kisses, then the kettle was hers.
fun started. Never was a kettle kept so busy. They boiled it from morning till night. From the Chamberlain's banquet to the cobbler's breakfast, they knew all about what was cooked in town. The maids in waiting danced about and clapped their hands. We know who's having sweet soup and pancakes. We know who's having porridge and cutlets. Isn't that interesting? Most interesting, said the head lady of the bedchamber. Now, after all, I am the emperor's daughter, the princess reminded them. Don't you tell how I got it. Goodness gracious, no, said they all. But the swineherd, that's the prince, for nobody knew he was a re- wasn't a real swineherd, was busy as could be. This time he made a rattle. Swing it around and it would play all the waltzes, jigs, and dance tunes that have been heard since the beginning of time. Why, it's superb, said the princess as she came by. I never did hear better music. I say go and ask the prince the price of that instrument. But mind you, no more kissing. He wants a hundred kisses from the princess, said the maiden-waiting, who had been in to ask him. I believe he's out of his mind, said the princess, and she walked right away from there. But she had not gone very far when she said, After all, I am the emperor's daughter, and it is my duty to encourage the arts. Tell him he can have ten kisses, as he did yesterday, but he must collect the rest from my maids-in-waiting. Oh, but we wouldn't like that, said the maids. Fiddlesticks, said the princess. If he can kiss me, he can certainly kiss you. Remember, I'm the one who gives you board and wages. So the maid had to go back to the swineherd. A hundred kisses from the princess, the swineherd told her, or let each keep his own. Stand around me, said the princess, and all her maids-in-waiting stood in a circle to hide her from while the swineherd began to collect. What can have drawn such a crowd near the pigsties? The emperor wondered as he looked down from his balcony. He rubbed his eyes and he put on his spectacles. Bless my soul, if those maids-in-waiting are up to mischief again. Better go see what they're up to now. He pulled his easy slippers over his heels, though ordinarily he'd just shove his feet in them and let them flap. Then, my, how much faster he went. As soon as he came near the pens, he took very soft steps. The maids-in-waiting were so busy counting kisses to see that everything went fair that he didn't get too many or too few that they didn't notice the emperor behind them. He stood on his tiptoes. Such naughtiness, he said when he saw them kissing, and he boxed their ears with his slipper, just as the swineherd was taking his 86th kiss. Be off with you, the emperor said in a rage, and both the princess and the swineherd were turned out of his empire. And there she stood, crying. The swineherd scolded 
and the rain came down in torrents. Poor little me, said the princess. If only I had married the famous prince. Oh, how unlucky I am. The swineherd slipped behind a tree, wiped the brown and black off his face, threw off his ragged clothes, and showed himself in his princely garments that the princess could not keep from curtsying. I have only contempt for you, he told her. You turned down a prince's honest offer, and you didn't appreciate the rose or the nightingale, but you were all too ready to kiss a swineherd for a tinkling toy to amuse you. You are properly punished. Then the prince went home to his kingdom and shut and barred the door. The princess could stay outside and sing to her heart's content, Oh, dear Augustine, all is lost, lost, lost. The end. That was an interesting story, huh? That princess was not very nice, was she? No, she was very naughty, too. Now, Prince taught her a lesson, didn't he? He tried. He gave her many chances. Gave her such beautiful presents as the rose. And that nice, sweet song from the nightingale. And all those toys. And she still was not very nice, hmm? Well, lessons learned, huh? You never know. Well, kiddos, that's all we have for today. And until we read again, bye-bye.